you to imagine something with me. Picture this. You're one of Jesus' 12 disciples, one of his closest people, one of his best friends. You've been following him and traveling around with him for a few years now. Today, you've just seen him feed 5,000 people from just a couple of loaves of bread and a few fish. And now, it's evening time. He's sending you and the boys across on the river, well, on the massive sea. He's saying, go ahead, go ahead of me in the boat and I will dismiss the crowds, I'll spend a bit of time on my own praying and then I'll join you later. So you're like, okay, cool, you hop in the boats, you, you're on your way um, and night falls. As night falls, a storm comes. The waves start to crash and the wind is building up and before you know it, you're in trouble. You're losing control of the boat. You're trying really hard with all your other disciple friends and you're like, you're just trying to push on forward but the boat is barely moving because the waves are pushing it back. Within you, you know, you're trying to keep it calm but there's this, this rising panic that you're starting to feel a bit like, are we actually gonna make it? I don't know what's gonna happen here. You glance back to the shore where you've just left and there's a figure, a silhouette, walking on the water towards you. You think, hold on, can anyone else see this? Am I going crazy? You blink a few times but it's still there and you're like, am I hallucinating? Am I about to die? Like, what is this? But then a few of the others notice as well and they start to call out, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. And you're worrying like, What's going on? Are we all like in a dream? What's happening? We're about to die in this storm, in this boat, and now a ghost is coming to get us too. So you're panicking, you're trying to just take control of the boat and carry on, but it's really, really difficult. And then the more you look at this ghost, the more you think, hang on, there's something familiar about that. I feel like I've I've seen him, maybe in a dream or something, you're trying to figure out and you're still wondering if you're going crazy and trying to take control of this boat and stay calm for everyone else. But you can't shake the feeling that like you've seen them before. You're like, what? Thinking about it, thinking about it, and then the penny drops. But just as you realize, you hear this voice shouting, take courage, don't worry, it's me. And it's Jesus. You realize you were right. You did recognize him. It was Jesus, your teacher, your rabbi. You know him. You are best friends with him. And before you can even think about what you're saying, you hear yourself call out, if it's you, my Lord, call me out onto the water with you. Why have I said that? You think, what a weird thing to say. I can't believe that just came over me. But you feel compelled you know that if he calls you out you'll be safe somehow you just know and sure enough he calls you out so before you know it before you've had a chance to even think about this situation one foot is out and then the next and it's wet your feet are in water but it's solid as the land on the shore and you're walking towards him locked eyes with Jesus walking on the water in the midst of a storm is incredible. This is amazing. This is impossible. Hang on a minute.
this is impossible. And you remember the waves, you remember the wind, your eyes flicker from Jesus' face and you see the trees violently moving behind you and the waves that are coming up, lashing all the way up to your, your side and then you start to think, oh, sink. Your knees now are in the water, way past your feet. The water's just coming up and you think, oh my word, I'm gonna drown. You stick out your hand and you cry, Lord, save me. And just as you're about to be engulfed by the water, a hand reaches down and grabs you and pulls you back up on top of the waves. At this point, you're no longer drowning, but you are still in the water. And Jesus says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And the comment stings a little bit because you know, you know that the wind and the waves couldn't stop Jesus. He's more powerful than them. And you feel a little bit of disappointment. Oh, why did I doubt? But as you step back into the boat with Jesus, the, the storm dies down and the calm comes and everyone else in the boat starts praising him, saying, surely he is the son of God. What an encounter. This morning, we're starting a new series about encounters with Jesus. And we've just been thinking about an encounter that the disciple Peter had with Jesus walking on the water in Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Have you ever encountered Jesus? And if so, where, when, how, what was it like? Tell us in the chat. We want to know, how did you encounter Jesus? The first thing I want to take out from this passage is that we can expect to encounter Jesus in the unexpected moments. Peter and the rest of the 12 disciples would never have expected in the midst of a storm, amidst, in the midst of the storm, to see Jesus walking on the sea, on the water towards them. Now, there's a difference here between us and Peter because Peter and Jesus lived at the same time. They traveled together, they worked together, and so they could actually see each other face to face, they could touch each other, they could smell each other's stinky, sweaty feet after a long day of traveling. We don't have that. You may or may not be pleased about that, but we don't have that with Jesus. So our encounters with him look a little bit different. Maybe you encounter Jesus in the Word of God, in your Bible, the pages of your Bible. Maybe you encounter Jesus in conversations with friends or in a worship service or when someone is praying for you. Maybe you encounter him um, when you're on your knees and you're seeking him and you're praying. The times in my life when I look back and I see the most profound encounters that I've had with God, that I have had with Jesus have been not in the worship services, not in the prayer times, although they are times that I meet with Jesus, but they've been the most profound times in the unexpected, in the midst of a heartbreak with a relationship breakdown, or when my parents split up for a time, or in conversations with a homeless person on the street that I didn't expect to talk to and I didn't expect to meet Jesus when I'm talking to him or in an unexpected gift from a friend. Now, we can't sit and chat and have a cup of tea face to face with Jesus, but we will encounter him in the most unexpected ways. 
I've looked back on my life and I've realised that Jesus has been there the whole time. But I didn't notice because I wasn't expecting to see him there. I didn't recognise him because I wasn't expecting to see him there. How often do we miss encounters with Jesus because we didn't recognise him? So point number one is expect Jesus in the unexpected. Now point number two is that encounter with Jesus always leads to faith-filled action. We refer to Christians as followers of Jesus quite often, but what does that mean if we aren't different when we've encountered Jesus? If we don't do things any differently after an encounter with him, how can we say we're a follower of Jesus? Have you ever noticed how hanging out with different people leads you to act in a different way? When I hang out with my best friends from school, um, they don't live around here, so it's very few and far between. But when I go home and I see them and I hang out with them, I often come away thinking about my clothes, my outfits, my appearance. And it's not just because they are beautiful and very well-dressed people, but it's because that's what they care about, that's what they talk about. And so on a subconscious level, that gets into my mind and I go home and I'm scrolling through ASOS because I spent time with those friends. When I spend time with Hannah, my housemate, I often want to then go and make things or bake things because she's an arty person and she's a lover of baking, which benefits me greatly. And she's also somebody who is on the get-go and likes to get stuff done. And again, on a subconscious level, that rubs off onto me and makes me want to tick things off my to-do list just by hanging out with her. I also have a friend called Liberty. Now, it's a perfect name for her because Liberty is the most free person I think I've ever met. And as you can see, I'm excited just talking about her because any time I spend time with Liberty, my face hurts from smiling and laughing and I feel more myself than even when I'm on my own sometimes. But I can guarantee you that if I have spent the day with Libby, I go home and I want to read my Bible. And it's not because she's told me I should go and read my Bible. But it's because she loves Jesus and she spends time with Jesus. And she just cannot help but talk about him. And it is infectious. So when I spend time with my friend who spends time with Jesus, I then want to go and do that. Because our encounter with people, the people we hang out with, changes the way that we act. It should be the same with Jesus too. It should be that when we encounter him and when we choose to spend time daily getting to know him in his word, that we are different. It's when we carve out time, when we um, choose to get up earlier to spend time with him, or we choose to not go on our phones and instead read our Bible and get to understand what he's like, what is his character like. That is when we suddenly want to live differently to how our friends live who don't know him. We suddenly want to be kind because Jesus is kind. We want to be generous because Jesus is generous. We want to be patient and merciful with our siblings because Jesus is patient and merciful with us. And the more we spend time with him, the more that we are shaped and molded by him because we cannot have an encounter and walk away unchanged. 
So it makes sense that when we spend time getting to know Jesus, we want to pray for people to be healed. We want to pray for miracles because that is what he is like and we become more like Jesus from spending time with him. One commentary on the passage that we're looking at noted that where Peter says, if it is you, it's almost as if he was saying, well, since it is you, call me out onto the water, ask me to come out onto the water with you. Peter knew that an encounter with Jesus had to lead to faith-filled action. That is what had to follow, because an encounter with Jesus leads to action. But if we step out, and when we step out, we must keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. Did you notice that it was only when Peter stopped looking at Jesus and started to look at the wind and the waves and the overwhelming surroundings that he started to doubt and he started to fear? Now, doubt is normal. Fear is normal. I would be surprised if you asked any one of the youth leaders if they doubt and they were to say, no, they don't doubt God. I doubt on a daily basis. So if you are there thinking, oh, I, I'm a bad Christian, I'm a bad follower of Jesus because I doubt him. No, you're not alone. However, just because it's normal doesn't mean it's right because it's a result of focusing on the wrong things. The circumstances that are around us can cause us to doubt God's miracle working power and we need to identify those. What circumstances around you cause you to doubt God's miracle working power. Have you ever like taken a stand for Jesus? Maybe you've you've told someone you're a Christian for the first time or you've invited a friend to church or you've done something or not done something because of your beliefs. But then when you see the reaction of everyone around you and you start to realize that not everyone agrees or thinks that was a good idea, you start to try and think, "Oh, why did I want to do this? I can't I can't actually remember why this was a good idea because when we start to focus on what other people think or the things around us we lose sight of why we did that we have to focus on Jesus if we want to live a life of faith-filled action because he enables us to do it he shows us how to do it and he reminds us why we do it and this isn't just a one-off thing this isn't, isn't a special occasion like well, it's Peter in the Bible, so of course he encountered Jesus, or, you know, maybe once in my lifetime I'll encounter Jesus. No, no, no. This is an everyday occurrence for the friend of Jesus. We should be expecting to have life-changing encounters with God on the daily. We should, because that's what it means to follow him, to know him. Also, guys, notice in verse 31, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him when Peter started to sink. So it wasn't that he spoke him to safety or he like magically or miraculously floated him back onto the boat. No, he chose to physically reach out and grab him and pull him up to safety, but he was still in the water. He didn't at that moment calm the waves. He didn't put Peter back into the boat. He was standing with him in the midst of the storm safely. Now, you might be somebody who has stepped out in faith. 
who has taken a big leap for Jesus and you're overwhelmed by everything that's going on and you're expecting and you're hoping and you're praying that he will just lift you up and plop you back onto the safety of the boat, calm everything and everything will like go back to being fine and being normal and that will be the result of having stepped out. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. God isn't going to stop the storms of life but our focus determines our fate within the storms of life because he will stand with us and we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. So when you have exams, when a family member passes away, if your parents break up, if your friends fall out, if you have to move to a different country or city or school, when all this stuff is going on, if you choose to give your attention to those things, you're going to sink. You're going to sink deeper into the water. But if you choose to keep your eyes focused on Jesus, to spend time gaining his perspective, to spend time in the morning seeking him before everything else, to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And I know that sounds confusing and abstract and difficult when we can't actually physically see him. So we have to take our own steps. We have to take ourselves away to meet with him. We have to ask God, what can I do to meet with him? Maybe, maybe just spending half an hour less on your phone in the morning, or maybe coming home and instead of going on video games or social media, going and just reading your Bible or journaling or having some prayer time. We need to carve out that time to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus when the storms of life come. And he will enable us to get through them and he will empower us in those situations by the Holy Spirit that is living in you. So point one, expect Jesus in the unexpected. Point two, encounter leads to faith-filled action. And point three, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Now, the last thing I want to mention is that the disciples in the boat, when they saw all that had happened and they witnessed this amazing encounter, they were led to worship. They couldn't help but worship him. They said, you are surely the son of God. So after seeing all this, after encountering Jesus, they couldn't help but worship him. And it's the same with us. When we encounter Jesus, we are led to worship him. Now, I want to be clear here. When I say worship, I don't mean just singing or playing guitar or putting on a worship playlist on Spotify or YouTube, though those things are great and are ways to worship God and connect with him. What I'm talking about is a life surrendered to him, a life that is spent glorifying God instead of ourselves. So worship as a response to encountering Jesus, that is saying, I know you are God and I give you my life. That is using whatever skills you have, doing whatever you enjoy to do and doing it for the glory of the one who gave you that skill and that desire and that habit. It's just living your life no longer for yourself, but for Jesus for him and giving the praise and the honor and the glory back to him. Encountering Jesus must lead to worship. Let's pray. 
Jesus, thank you that you call us out onto the waves. Thank you that we can encounter you daily. Thank you that being a follower means that we will encounter you and have life changing moments with you regularly. I pray, Lord, that this week you would help us to spend time seeking encounter with you, to spend time in your word. Would you give us a desire to read your word and to talk about it with our friends and our family? And Lord, would you help us to be bold, help us to pray for miracles, help us to tell our friends that we know you, help us to pray for those things that seem absolutely impossible and help us to step out in faith when we don't always know what the outcome is going to be. Lord, would you strengthen us? Would you enable us to do this? And would you help us to keep our eyes fixed on you? We worship you, we give you glory, God, and we pray that you would you'd be close to us this week. I pray for each young person and um, parent and adult listening to this, God, that um, this week we would encounter you in a way we never have before and in a way that we didn't expect. And would you help us to recognize that you are in our day to day. Help us to recognize you, especially in the really, really hard times, Lord. And for anyone who hasn't yet encountered you, hasn't yet said yes to you, but this morning wants to give you their life and make you Lord of their life, I pray that you would meet with them. I thank you that you want to know them. And we just say, Lord, we've, we've done wrong, we've messed up. We ask you to forgive us. And we ask you to come in and be part, be Lord, not just part of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.